Riverdale, the Jimquisitor has called you to a court of law. A very real court, a very real law, to answer charges brought to you before uh, a grand jury of Gavin. Can you or can you not plead guilty or not guilty to faking and lying about a PS4 Slim? Bear in mind before you answer... I am liable to ignore anything you say, call you an unethical cuck, and then post some memes about that gorilla that fucking got shot. Oh, um, well, um, I, I, how do I, how do I answer this and not get in trouble? Um, well, you see, Your Honour, what, what you have to understand is that my website doesn't have any adverts on it, so not getting ad clicks, um, getting people clicking on things I write is very important to me. Um, I somehow magically rake in money from that without there being any adverts, don't ask how. So what I did was rather than, rather than like, you know, 3D print something that hasn't already leaked onto the internet, I decided to follow in the footsteps of a leak that already happened and buy a 3D printer and somehow get a hold of the 3D models and make a very convincing looking PS4 slim. And then what I did is I actually had a hold in the table underneath so that it would look like I was plugging it into the, the PS4 slim, but I was actually poking it through the PS4 slim into the PS4 under the table. And um, I, I, yeah, I, I plead guilty. I'm very good at forging technology and all of those ones on eBay, I made them. I'm making a nice tidy profit. I make a PS4 slim case for about 20 quid on a 3D printer and I sell it on eBay and now I am rich. The evidence before the court is incontrovertible. There's no need for the jury to retire. Guilty. You yeah. go to jail I'm, for yeah. a million days. Bailiff, remove the prisoner, jail her. Yeah. And that's jail spelled G-A-O-L, the bad jail, the old Victorian jail, so that's really bad. Lock her, lock her up in the Tower of London. If you'll reduce my sentence, I can give you one of these shiny new PS4 Neos that totally exist and I definitely have in my office. Mm. Oh. The, the judges will now retire to deliberate. Yes. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, that's good. I will, I will give you one, and you have to agree to lower my sentence first, and it will totally be real okay. and definitely not fake. Um, so once you've also, agreed, Laura, you must half-hour community service. Yeah, and also I sentence you to uh, use your 3D printer to print all kinds of erotic grotesqueries for Jim. Yes, and oh, also oh. you are sentenced to call me a lovely boy. Oh, uh, well, I accept my sentence, you lovely boy. Um, so yeah, he- hello. <laughs> hello. I I, ma- I just managed to get I just managed to get myself off of a off of a nicer court fine summons whatever whatever yeah, that would be called. You got like a free episode of Judge Judy, like as well yeah. as your normal podquisition. That's baloney. That's baloney. That's <laughs> <laughs> um that's Gav there doing an impression of Mickey Mouse, uh, telling someone <laughs> off for making something that's too balloony for his taste. Uh, doesn't like anything to do with rubber or inflation, that mouse. Bit of a bigot that way. Um, hello, Laura, how are you? Tired, I imagine. Uh, this week has been lengthy and tiring, but it's great. How are you doing, Jim? I'm all right. I uh, had an epidural yesterday. My back's still a bit <laughs> stiff and achy today, but uh, it's got about a week to, to get going. Uh, is it, is it, is it they, true that those sh- are super painful? I've heard they're very sore. They're not, well... I mean, I've got a very high pain tolerance as it is, so I didn't... I wasn't too uncomfortable. Hence, hence the erotic grotesqueries it, it, that yeah, Laura is exactly. going to print for you. It's the only way I feel. Um, 
I it was it was uncomfortable. It was like um, the funny bone you got in your elbow. It was like that was oh. taken out of my elbow and put in my back so that someone could get a big metal syringe and shove it right on it and then wobble it about a bit. Um, oh so it was God. one of those things that like it wasn't like I was hurting. I was just extremely uncomfortable. Oh. Um, but it, the procedure <laughs> itself was like less than five minutes. Uh, it was actually like really quick because all they do is they get an x-ray going, find out exactly. They already knew the general location because of the MRI. So it's just in it goes, pump me full of steroids. Uh, the longest part of it was recovery where I just had to sit for half an hour being bored. But uh, other than that, I can walk. Uh, they were a bit nice. worried about my, my leg because it was a whole sciatic nerve thing that was going on mm. as well. They were a bit worried about that, but I've been able to walk a little, little bit weak. Uh, but otherwise, I'm all right. I just can't I, drink for a bit. So I am you know. impressed you can walk because when I had an epidural, I spent about six hours being like, my legs don't work. I can't move my toes <laughs> or my feet or my. I just couldn't move I think from it like my belly on, button downward, which was fun. Yeah, I think it all depends on where they get you and what nerves it affects. Really, I think mm. I was because because it was this this one distinct rupture on the right side. The only uh, thing to worry about was just the the sciatic nerve, and I guess I got away with it. They told me I was supposed to be feeling things down there, but I never really did. Although I did get a little bit of leg ache last night, but it went away. I'm going through these phases at the moment where, like, sometimes it's hurting, sometimes I don't feel anything, which I can only mm. assume is a good sign. It's just a case of waiting to see if the uh, rupture, which and they keep emphasising the size of it, not to brag, but um, apparently it was a significant rupture, and their hope is that it'll it'll absorb the steroids, shrink, hopefully just slide right back into place, and I'll be fine. So fingers crossed. But I like should... that you. Mm. Wow. I like that you addressed that you didn't want to gloat as if you know, like, oh, I had such a big bit of injured bit in my back. Is something to gloat about that people would be very jealous I'm just, of. I'm just saying, if if there are any you know cute girls or boys listening, and they they want to know the size of my hernia, then. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's well. Uh, you know, com you competitive, the, the um, competitive hypochondria is a thing. Every, <laughs> everyone knows someone who, every time you tell them something's wrong with you, they have it, but ten times worse. That's true. There is always someone who's uh, got to be the, the most sick at the table. Uh, the other voice you're hearing, of course, is the lovely Gav. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I had a, a lovely weekend away on a camping trip at a beer festival. So <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, well, uh, yeah. Was oh, there no, more? No, that, Have you got no, more no, for that's me? It. That's what it, happened that's at it. the beer festival? What did you stop yourself from admitting? Uh, what did uh, you no. do, you dirty beer boy? Actually, I embarrassed my girlfriend because um, she she was really uh, mad about the band that was playing. She's been a fan of them for three years. And afterwards, I took her up to say hi to them. <laughs> and she she was like nearly shaking because she was so nervous and she was like Jesus now I now I understand why when like you and Jim and the lads were at the Escapist Expo why the fans coming up were so nervous she's like I've never felt so scared in my life <laughs> and I was Aww. like yeah that's it and then this is the funny part when we came back to our table the band had sat down at our table because there were free seats at us <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah and you went right up and said excuse me uh, we were sitting here mm -hmm. um, yeah I was like, so get out of my seat. Get out of, get out of my festival. Yeah. Stop drinking my beer. Um, anyway, I guess we should move on to the news of the day mm. that we were making fun of at the beginning, just so that <laughs> people who may not know what's going on yeah. get a little bit of context. Laurie, you've been a very busy lady this week. Very busy. Uh, 
I've been, been doing a very some naughty things lady. that I was afraid I might get in trouble for, but managed to somehow not get in trouble for it. Yeah, seems. that's so... the bit I'm curious about because, mm. like, I don't really cover hardware stuff on the gymquisition.com, but I was so tempted to offer you money for this one just because of the piss boiling nature of it. Which, as much as I was expecting piss boiling from the industry side of things, some of the reaction from the actual audience, like, I was shocked by. I did not expect the anger to have come out of you doing what I consider to be pretty legit journalism. Certainly the closest to game journalism you can really get these days. Um, because you actually did original work that certain powers that may be, may not have wanted you to uh, put out there, you know, public mm. disclosure and stuff. Um, that, to me, is, is, is fucking real journalism. And just like we saw with the Final <laughs> Fantasy XV delay and the No Man's Sky delay, yeah. there are these people so intent on shooting the messenger. Like, is this the price of, of putting in the, the legwork, the investigative legwork these days and bringing information out there that companies don't want out there? Like, are you so intent on circling the wagons around your favourite fucking corporation that you're pissed off that Laura was able to tell us about the PS4 Slim despite Sony continuing to deny it exists. Yeah, it's been it's been an odd week, so I'm gonna try and like sum up what this week has mm -hmm. been as best I can, at least in terms of the PS4 stuff first. So Basically, I got my hands on a PS4, the slim model, a first for the first time about a week ago, and was able to have a quick look at it and be like, yep, this exists. I can say confidently enough that it exists that I'm willing to acknowledge it on the podcast. And we very briefly mentioned it last week where I was like, yeah, I've touched one. It was a real thing. I saw it turn on. Yeah, there was a big and... discussion um, from mm. listeners considering, uh, concerning the uh, discussion you and Gav had about the rightness and wrongness of Sony denying yeah. on, and, Which and everything. I, I really enjoyed reading that, that set of discussions that was going on in the comments. There was a lot of very interesting back and forth on both sides. Mm. Um, so basically, like, I left it a little while and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I tried reaching out to a couple of big sites that are based in America and saying, like, hey, I have access to a, a slim model PS4, which, as I understand it, no one in America does because they leaked over in the UK. Do you want a review? And a couple of sites said, yeah, we're interested, and started discussing, like, you know, logistics of making it happen. The moment then, you told me that and mm. you named the sites that were interested, that's when I was looking at my budget thinking, can I snipe this? <laughs> that, that's what I really wanted to boil the piss over I wanted to uh, just You wanted just to pinch it, it well, <laughs> well We'll get to that bit of the story sure. in a minute So yeah. like basically Over the weekend I had a couple of places That were like oh yeah we'll get back to you We'll get back to you on Monday probably You know looking at legal teams and whatnot. And they all basically all backed down Being like yeah we wanted to Run this but we're scared of getting in trouble So we're not going to do it So at that point I was like okay you know what screw it I'm just going to review it myself, because fuck it, why not? This is a piece of hardware that exists that people have lots of questions about and people still don't believe is real. I will show that A, it's real, and B, answer people's questions about it. So, unboxed the thing, did a on-video uh, on unboxing where I plugged it in and showed and like, oh yeah, this is what happens when you first boot it up, and here's the cable going from the back of the box into the TV, and here's the TV on the right channel that it said on the... the cable and now it's doing the right thing and here's the controller working and it looks like the new controller and when I move my hand it moves as it's supposed to and I put that up 
alongside a written review and also like a bunch of pictures answering people's questions of like here's photos from the manual where it confirms the 5 gigahertz wi-fi support and here's the bit in the manual where it talks about operating temperatures and here's the screen on the console where it confirms being able to data transfer over usb and basically i put out a bunch of stuff all in one go and yeah. a bunch of a bunch of the websites that had backed out of um backed out of paying me to review it, quoted large sections of my review and just put that up being like, see, we didn't review it, so don't shout at us, Sony. But yeah, they just got that that one stage of removal yeah. of culpability and then they're all over it. Where they didn't have to pay for it and they've got that one stage of safety not being yeah. me. And I was like, you know what, fuck it, here we go. So, games journalism, everybody. Games journalism, indeed. It's, hey, some other site reported something, we can copy-paste them and link them at the bottom and it's yeah. totally the same as doing original journalism. I mean, to... To be fair, I understand why they were scared. Um, I I do. Especially when you told me the... Because I was at first, I was like, well, what legal grounds do they have? So if they tried to take this down, you did give me one reason where I'm like, okay, that's underhanded, but would work. Mm, like, there are legal ways they could have shut it down, and considering, like, the Eurogamer video went down in under an hour, a lot of places were like, we're going to back down because we're not going to spend the money on something that might only stay out online for an hour. And I'm yeah, like, so That's... I can kind of see that. And also, um, like, I, I was, as I said, I was tempted to go for it myself, but I, I have spent way too much money on paying people <laughs> to do things like make a fake newsreel of boggling stuff. Um, like, I, wait, I I spend my budget on the most ridiculous fucking things for the Jimquisition series, <laughs> but when something genuinely juicy comes along, I'm like, shit, my, uh, my quota's down for the month what? and I, I don't have any more. But also, because I am also spending, a, you know... Money and time on another legal issue. I was like, yeah. no one in my house right now would thank me for getting <laughs> a second lawsuit. That That is fair enough. Um, I The one I was very disappointed about is um, I was going to be doing the um, the unboxing as a collaboration with Ashens, and it all fell through for various reasons. It's really unfortunate he's talked about that one. Uh, like I was, my plan for this morning is I was going to be making a very early journey up to Norwich to go record it today with him, and it probably would have gone awesome. out on Thursday. Which would that's been really another cool. thing. That's another thing that pisses me off about uh, people calling you a liar about the PS4 Slim and saying you 3D printed a fake oh, one. Oh God! Yeah, all this bullshit that people have been saying that, that to imply you're making this up. I'm like, but but it's corroborated. Eurogamer yeah. had a video. Ashens has confirmed he's seen it. Um, yeah, Ash- Ashens has gone out and been like, "Yeah, I was going to do this video with Laura. It's a legit console. We were going to unbox and like, I yeah, like I know one, for a fact it was real. You're not some like like unknown entity who's come out of nowhere with this magic PS4 what? slip. Well, like if, if you if you believe the end gadget piece about me, then yes, I, no one's ever heard of me. I popped up out of nowhere, and this is the first <laughs> thing I've ever done in journalism. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, not to name drop, but that one was a little bit like it's like completely unknown. Mm. But um, yeah, so there was a bunch of places I wanted it to go, and it ultimately didn't go any of those places. And I was like, screw it, let's just put it up. And I expected it to be down within the hour. I thought within the hour the video will be gone. The you know we'll get the emails telling me to take down the text post, and that's not what happened. 
Um, multiple very big game sites very quickly jumped on it and were like, yep, it's legit, we've worked with Laura before, we trust her when she says this is real, here's her video and her review. Then for a while, PS4 Slim was trending worldwide on Twitter, which was kind of crazy. Nice. Um, and it's, as of the time of recording this, it's been 25 and a half hours, mm -hmm. and it's still up. There's been yeah. no copyright claim on the video, and I've not been emailed by Sony. Very interesting. So they've and, been completely silent mm, so far. Well, so far, like, up until me, they've been silencing everyone who tried to do coverage. Yeah. Like, the Eurogamer video was taken down within an hour. The, like, people who've written about it have had, have been contacted telling them to retract stuff. And I'm not entirely sure why my coverage didn't get that. Yeah, and I, I have can two, only... Well, I can only assume that mm. A, you're not Eurogamer, so they can't um, threaten you financially as, mm, as I, easily as they could. Then they're uh, not going to threaten to pull ads from me or Yeah, anything. you're not owned by a corporation. You don't have yeah. a, a corporate lawyers who would talk to their corporate lawyers. Yeah. Plus, you're also not so unknown that you can be completely buried. You're in this, mm. like, really, really good middle ground, I think, <laughs> where it's like, you're not, like, you're not IGN, you're not Polygon, you're not Eurogame, mm. you're not any of these big sites, uh, but you're not, you know, Weed Lord 420 on YouTube. <laughs> Um, mm. And once all the other outlets picked up the story, once Polygon and then Gadget and, and IGN like were reporting the story that you wrote, it, the cat is so far out the bag now. It's probably just cheaper wow. for Sony to ignore it themselves that's, and just make their announcement on the seventh or whenever. That's it. Like my assumption was that a either like I'd gotten enough places picked up my story that they were like, okay, it's going to be too much effort to get it yeah, silenced. It'll look at this so point. stupid now. Yeah. Yeah, and. Various places, like, I quite enjoyed how many places coverage were like, yeah, Sony, do you really think we're idiots enough to still not believe <laughs> this is real? But we'll get to that in a second, because that's its whole other thing. Yeah. Um, the other bit where I was like, maybe I would like to believe that this played a part in Sony being nice to me, was that I did start my review with, like, three paragraphs that were basically, um, Sony, um, um, journalistic protections, um, public interest, <laughs> public interest of coverage, um... Don't don't be mean because at this point you're not hiding anything, Sony. You're just, you you're just making them. yourselves look bad. Laura, you all you, all you, Laura, all you had to do was say this is satire. <laughs> well, I I talked with it about Jim. We were like the there was the idea where I might just put it up with redaction bars, but not covering any of the actual information. Just covering, like, still have all the actual facts about the console, but redact the bits in between. Try and parody it up enough to where it's a bit too ridiculous to take like, down. That was definitely yeah. a, a, an idea that we were talking about. That, yeah. that was an idea, and then I was just like, fuck it, we'll put the thing up. So, yeah, like, I've, I've put the review up, so I might as well talk about fucking everything at this point. It's, yeah. a, PS, it's a PS4. doesn't run any better. It um, has 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi, but that doesn't really make a difference, um for big downloads, because you've still got your speed being throttled by the maximum upload and download speed of PSN, so it makes a difference for online play, but it doesn't make a difference for uploads and downloads. There is now a flimsy plastic corner piece that you can very easily remove to replace the hard drive, which is nice. Same maximum size, um, physical size things for replacing that hard drive as it was on the regular size PS4. The problem with that um, plastic piece being so easy to remove 
is that it feels really flimsy to, to place back in. Um, I took it on and off about 30 times and it didn't break, but it always felt like it was about to, which is not great for build quality. Yeah, I saw Um, you do that on the video. It did look a little... It kept looking like it was trying to fight you a little bit when you were putting it back on as well. Yeah, and I was it, like, if and you snap you don't that too much, mm. you could crack. And you, yeah, you don't want to crack that when it's covering up your hard drive. So that's yeah. a bit of a problem. Like, obviously, most people aren't going to re- remove their hard drive cover 30 plus times because no. you replace your hard drive maybe once. But just bear in mind that feels a bit flimsy. Uh, the power button has a little line of LEDs on it, which is quite nice. Um, you either like that curved design or you don't. I quite like the matte finish on it. Um, it runs a bit quieter and cooler, anecdotally. I'm not entirely sure what the best way to, like, record a metric of that is, but, like, it definitely kicks out less heat and makes less noise, so that's nice. <laughs> and the big thing, like, controller-wise, is everyone's talked about the little light strip on the top. More interesting to me is that you can... If you connect up your DualShock 4 that doesn't have that little light strip, the, the previous DualShock 4, by USB cable, it will still communicate wirelessly, and you couldn't force it to communicate over USB. If you plug a DualShock 4 from the PS4 Slim into either the Slim or the previous model, it will bring up a menu that you can go into to say, nope, transfer the data over USB. It does something weird where it tricks the PS4 into thinking the controller is an audio device, and that's how it gets it to work over USB, which I'm not entirely sure why it's done that way. But it means that for fighting game tournament people, A, you've got lower um, latency time, but B, you don't have the same issues of controller interference, which can be a big issue at large-scale tournaments. So Mm -hmm. basically, that's quite nice. Um... Your fight sticks, you're probably going to have to buy a new one that's built with this in mind because it, this doesn't work with the previous DualShock. I'm guessing you have to build something into it to have your inputs set up so they can output as audio, which is a weird thing to have to do, but presumably when fight sticks do this, it'll, that'll be cool. Yeah, that's PS4 Slim. It's a slim yeah. PS4. Oh, and, and it doesn't have an optical real. port. So... There's that, and there are still people on the internet who watched my video and read my review and claimed that I faked it, which angrily as well, just furiously claiming like I. This where were these comments, by the way? Were they on the video or on the? uh, On 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 all of them, on the review, on YouTube, on Twitter, like wherever people could leave opinions. Like I said about the fucking the Final Fantasy fifteen delay and the No Man's Sky delay, the stakes for this are so low. Mm. They're so fucking. Yeah, low. I don't like. I I don't understand um, the the emotional resistance to it existing. I, mm. I, yeah. I well, I know I I've worked out where some of it's come from, and some of it is PlayStation people who up until now have had the most powerful console. Like the PS4 was more powerful than the Xbox One. The Xbox One got a revision, and it could do 4K video and stuff like that. And Sony fans. We're hoping, uh, oh, when our revision happens, we will be slimmer and we'll also have that 4K video stuff, you know, and we'll still be better. And, and I think that, yeah, a lot of the pushback saying it's not real, like not all of it, but a lot of it is PlayStation fans that don't want to believe it's real because then they have to put up with a year or two of the Xbox console technically being able to do more than theirs can. It's not like any game on either of those consoles will ever run at 4K anyway. Exactly, but it's it's you could upscale video to 4K if you had a 4K monitor on the 
on the One S and you could do 4K Netflix and whatnot. Mm. Which I, I'll be honest, I've used the 4K Netflix stuff on the um, on the Xbox One S. It's quite nice. I wouldn't Here's have liked thing, it I... if I could have done that on the PS4 Slim. I would, but that requires turning an Xbox One on. Yeah, and, like, and if I... I just I barely do because, as I've said before, it's a bit toss. Yeah, I don't if care I care if you can do 4K or not. If you're a bit toss, I probably don't yeah. want to turn well, you like... on. That's I'm looking thing. at I it, I'm like, I, I, how do you turn... I, I can't quite remember even how to turn it on. Well, you don't have to worry about that on the PS4 Slim now, because the power and eject buttons are labelled. <laughs> <laughs> nice! So, woo! <laughs> they're, they're now labelled what they are. Um, people have been asking me, the other one people have been asking is why on earth um, the little light strip facing you exists, and basically the only use case I can think of for it is that... Certain games used to light up the light bar in different colours, depending on things like what your health was like or whether mm-hmm. you were visible or not in a stealth game. One of game. my favourite gimmicks. Mm. I am personally, like, that's the one thing that interests me in a PS4 Slim. Is, yeah. And it seems so silly, but it is the little light strip at the front of the console because when I'm playing, like, um, the, the PS4 re-release of Tomb Raider... And it flashes orange every time you light a torch mm. uh, or other contextual things like that. That makes me so fucking happy. But it's you, so pointless you, and it's a you, non-entity, but If you're not I sat in the dark, you so rarely notice it because yeah, it's like, pointed down and away from you. I see it like a bit on my hands or something. Yeah, um, but now it's kind the, of facing you. Exactly, and the light yeah. strip just gives me that little extra confirmation that it's changing. And there are, games still do it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There was a game I was recently playing. I can't remember the exact one, but um, you know, it would start flashing red when my health was low. And I love stuff like that. I love things coming out of controller microphones. You know, um, most recently was Deus Ex on the PS4. The uh, radio messages oh, yeah. Jensen gets would come out the DualShock 4 microphone. I love that gimmicky shit. And the light strip excites me because it just makes that whole. It makes playing with the light bar just a bit more useful a bit more tangible for the person person playing the game exactly so that that's a that's a thing that i i liked that they added but it is pretty much just another ps4 and there's a bunch of people that still think that i somehow 3d printed that and faked it and convinced every gaming (laughs) website that it was real when it wasn't and convinced ashens that i was going to bring it to his house and then didn't and i'm like just uh, just have you Fucking people not learned. No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy XV, the PS4 Slim. So, there have been others as well. I've It's happened to me a few times where I've said something and people are saying I'm talking bollocks and then it takes a few weeks for, for me to be mm. proven right. Do I ever get an apology? No. Does anyone ever get an apology? No. Especially with some of the vile shit they say. It's like, you can't just say that I don't believe this, can you? You can't no. You can't just leave it at just not believing what someone says. You've got to be the most abusive, venomous little turd that you can be. Lay the fuck off, because the more fucking vile you are in your disagreement, the more of a complete fucking dipshit you're going to look like when mm. you get proven wrong. I do have one other thing I want to add, and I... I, I'm going to be a little bit blunt here. I find I think this is something that I wish I could have done. Um, the number of times that people have been quite vile in the YouTube comments, making comments about the fact that I'm trans, um, there was a big spate of people who were basically posting, hey, I'm pretty sure I can see your dick through your leggings. And I was like, 
pretty sure you can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I if it wasn't against YouTube and Twitter community guidelines, I would have loved to have just responded to them with a photo of my vagina and just be like, <laughs> you, you can see it, can you? Can you? Can you? So that was. I think that, that says a, a lot that kept more going through my head. <laughs> I think that says a lot more about the commenters than it does you that they're the ones envisioning dicks where dicks are. Exactly. There's no dick there, but you're just so desperate to see a dick there. What What does that say? I don't even know. Um, so yeah, that was that was the PS4 Slim stuff this week, and like as of right now, it's had like a hundred and forty thousand views on the written review and about ninety thousand on the video and. It's done all right for me. Not bad at all. Not bad work at all. It did all right. Oh, no, we're now up to 93,000, like, since this episode started. So, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's going to grow and grow. Yeah, it's... uh, And even then, even on real-time, YouTube's Mm. analytics can be behind. So it's probably in excess of that. I am looking forward to the whole fact that, like, for the next week or so, if anyone Googles PS4 Slim Review, all they're going to see is my work, and that makes me feel quite happy. Nice. Like, I, I did a, I did something successfully. Go me. Um, hey. So, yeah, that's that's my, my week, and I pissed off bits of the internet, but apparently not Sony too much. Yeah. Or at least I not mean... enough that they would do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, certainly not enough that they would... Uh... I mean, who, maybe they won't send you a review copy of Bunker. No, well, here's the thing. I've I've leaked Sony stuff before, and they still send me review code. Like the, um, it was last year when I did Until Dawn: Rush of Blood, which was a Sony mm. exclusive that I. Another leaked. thing, no one believed you about. Exactly, and, yeah. I I leaked that a week before um, Paris Games Week. No one believed me because the developers outright denied it, and then. Liars. A week later, Sony reveals it at Paris Games Week. So, like, I've revealed Sony stuff before, and they've been like, mm, okay, fine, still take our review code. So I'm crossing my fingers that's the case here, that they'll still be yeah. like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. I mean, in, in, out of all the publishers I've ever, you know, uh, dealt with, they tend to be the coolest out of the big ones. Um, you know, because I've been harsh as shit about their games and them as a company, and they've they've... Never been anything but, you know, happy to send codes and supportive of the idea of me going independent where some other publishers took it as an opportunity Mm. to completely forget I existed. Uh, So respect for them on that. I know that uh, um, Mr. Yoshida in particular has always been very supportive of... uh, more grassroots journalisty endeavours and and games media. I do have one fun observation about Shuhei Yoshida. So at mm-hmm. some point in the past, I obviously sent him a Facebook friend request. Don't know why. Don't remember when I did that. He accepted it du- during the day that I put up the PS4 Slim review. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming those two are probably related in some way. He's not like messaged me to tell me through Facebook that I am a terrible person that needs to take it down. But yeah, Shuhei seems all right. <laughs> Good man, good, good, that good, was, man. That, good that, man. That was that was a thing. What happened? I like him. He's he's he yeah, is the she, most adorable executive. I think he does seem nice. So he's a lovely boy. Yeah, my week was basically that and a bunch of NX leaks that IGN kept nice. reporting on. So that's all right because I have a bunch of people at publishers that have suddenly this week been like, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll tell you about what's going on with the NX," and most nice. of that just lines up with, "Yep, Eurogamers." thing was pretty spot on here is some more specifics about like the share button and the motion in the controllers and 
vibration and what was the what what things did I even report on this week on that split d-pad it's apparently gonna have um it the current dev kits are region free and developers have not been told anything about them being region locked before launch so mm. it looks like the nx might be region free that'd be nice so yeah there's that awesome well there's a lot of exciting hardware stuff going on hardware yeah. not my particular wheelhouse but obviously you can't have the games without it so exciting exciting to uh hear this stuff coming yeah. out yeah it's, it's been a it's been a long week for that stuff so yeah should we talk about stuff that isn't me for a bit sure sure um gavin yeah. we, it's mostly been me and laura chatting about ps4 slim um mm-hmm. i don't know if there's anything you'd like to talk about today um, not particularly. Played a bit of Nuka Worlds. Pretty good. Okay, moving on. Laura, tell us more about the PS4 Slim. <laughs> no, how is Nuka World? I want to hear about Nuka World because, like, I have no reference point for what you actually do in it. I just know theme park yeah. Fallout. Uh, it, well, it's a, it's, it would be similar to, uh, size-wise, it's similar to the last one. It's pretty big. Uh, you go basically there's three warring raider factions and you become their boss and i haven't got too far into the story yet but it's pretty good you know it's it's what i expected it's a nice new piece of like fallout land to explore so that's all good for me story seems all right so far and me me and laura both finished uh, mankind divided this week and i think it was because we've been forewarned but we were talking about how the ending actually didn't really bother us as much as it seems to yeah, have bothered yeah. other people. You I two think... were talking about this before the show and I had left the room but I had I didn't have my headphones in so I could hear you quite loud through the, the wall while I was having a shit and <laughs> and I really wanted to shout from the toilet because I heard you two agreeing over a video game's ending and it yeah. made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah well like neither we both I think our, our stance can both be summed up as basically yeah, that was a bit abrupt. It definitely does feel yeah. like it's they cut a game into some pieces, but it didn't bother us, and it's it, probably because Jim warned us, "Hey, the ending's quite abrupt." So we were sort of, I think, I think yeah. we were just both bracing ourselves for an abrupt ending. Yeah, I think being forewarned helps, and the fact that thirty hours of of quality game was had before the abrupt ending helps yeah. as well. I think. Well, yeah. Steam Steam is saying seventy hours for me. I know Steam lies, but I would imagine I got like at least fifty from it. Because I did, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I went fully thorough and did like all the shit I could find. I mean, but I must it, have missed a, a ton of stuff because I, I, I thought I was being thorough. I did a lot of yeah. side missions, but mm. my playtime, the save file gave me about 30 hours of having played it before I, I got to the end. I have to I say, though, it, a load. it didn't feel rushed to me. It felt like just the middle part of a trilogy. Like the the yeah. last couple of chapters coming up to the end, the way they were paced to me felt like the bill towards the end of the game. And I, I, I maybe um, not everyone I, felt that way, but that to me, it did feel like an ending. I agree with you that the build up to that point did feel like it's building towards an ending. I just didn't expect the actual ending to come quite as soon in that build as it did building up as it did. Yeah. The last and level it, was pretty short, wasn't it? Mm, and it did feel a little bit sort of like where you might, otherwise expect like hey this will end in a way that feels satisfying for it as a standalone game it did feel a little like its ending was we're stopping here get the next one bye and out the door they walked and i was like okay that's you know it's not terrible i enjoyed my time with it up to here it did just kind of go a bit like 
we'll get back to this next time. W wait for the announcement of the next game. I saw. Of course, I did it was see my a little reminder that I called this before the game came out. Mm. Um, using I, my own little bit of journalism. <laughs> I did see a lot of complaints that a certain plot point wasn't wrapped up and explained, but actually, if you watch the credits, there's a scene during the credits about three minutes in that does explain that somewhat. And uh, I, just make sure when you finish it that you watch through the credit sequence because there's an extra scene that you need to see. So there. Yeah, I think that's always a, a good idea. Yeah, for a lot of these games, especially these days, uh, after the Marvel Universe have made post or mid credits things so popular, mm. uh, you should always keep an eye out. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's a uh, you know fantastic game. I have been embroiled in some discussions about it since I did my Jimquisition on Monday, where I talked about the um, the uh, microtransactions and everything. And yeah, have heard some interesting things about microtransactions in $60 games that hopefully could make a, a whole new episode. Yeah, um, this I'm, is that I've thing what the, you're trying to corroborate at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually put the word out on Twitter and, and maybe if some... Because I, I know some people in development listen to this, but if you are a developer who has uh, worked on a, a, a premium game that has had microtransactions put in, then... Anonymity guaranteed, but I would love to chat with you about it a little bit. Just to... Just because I've got a feeling of, of where the story is, and I'm interested in both things that confirm that feeling and things that run counter to it, because you know, not every company's the same. Um, I think some people may think I'm trying to get some devs in trouble or trying to catch people out, but um, when it comes to microtransactions, it's not exactly the developers that I believe are the mm. cause of it. So I'm not <laughs> out to get anyone or anything. If anything, I'm it must be the most frustrating in. for them. Well, that's something I'm trying to find out about, because I do... When we hear about how things like the microtransactions in, in Deus Ex didn't cost anyone anything, didn't um, they were so easy to ignore that it didn't matter. Um, there are some things I've heard about certain publisher demands on certain games to where I'm like, mm, there's, a, there, there, there's such a thing as a hidden cost. So yeah. I'm very mm. interested to hear that my there, there is a, a contact us section on the gymquisition.com um, with details see if you can get uh, for you to get in touch if you wanna you know don't have to I I feel like I've already got like because you know one of the best things about the gymquisition for me isn't just that it uh, makes customers who may feel pissed off at the same things as I I am feel a bit vindicated. Uh, it's the knowledge that somewhere in a game studio there are at least a small contingent of developers quietly punching the air because I mm. said something that they can't say. And I, I'm not even... That's not conjecture because I've had developers privately, anonymously reach out to me. You know, they, they'll get to me on a various channels um, and I know it's them because they're sometimes they're people I've known for a long time um, just over the years of doing the work I do and they they will just quietly say like you you nailed it like you just said something I wish I could shout at my boss and this kind of stuff um, and that's from multiple different companies across the years uh, so when I did that episode I it's funny I, I, I was gonna say um, on the next Jimquisition just that I know, no matter how much people would argue against what I was saying about microtransactions, that I know somewhere, somewhere in, in all of these studios are people who know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. 
and I'd like to get in contact with a few more of those people. Mm. I do enjoy that this week's episode has basically become Jim and Laura pat themselves on the back for a while, the episode. <laughs> this is before I even talk about all the boglins I bought. Oh, you bought some boglins. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a nice new surprise for the podcast. Uh, um, do, 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 Boglin Watch. Woo. Boglin Watch 2016, which I've actually brought to the Jimquisition video series as well now. So, uh, I've, I've been chomping Ashens' flame for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the aforementioned Dash and, uh, who's, who's a lovely boy and started just showing off on the uh, sort of post credits on the Jimquisition showing off different Boglins what I have um, but I found a boxed medium Boglin well, I think they call them small Boglins um, really hard to find them boxed because the boxes weren't as good as the big ones they were just like regular packaging so they are hard to get this one's even got the little plastic strings on its arms keeping it held in the box so I'm going to ruin the dollar value of that when I get it because obviously I'm going to play with it um, I will also be in soon I will have too many mini Boglins I've already got a bunch. I've got them here. I'll leave them. That's the sound of them on the mic. So many little plastic shitty rubbery mini boglins. And I just bought a huge job lock because they had some glow in the dark ones in there. I'll be showing them off on the Jimquisition at some point in the future. They're awesome. Different colours. Got a brown one and an orange one. That's Bogwatch 2016. That's Bogwatch. Bogwatch. Can't even be bothered to say the full Yeah, you're watching some toilets. You're doing Bogwatch. Pull my Bogwatch uh, back now. I dropped one on the floor. Where did uh, it go? We had a couple of quick bits of news. Nothing super earth-shattering. Um, no Man's Sky. People were saying that you could refund that no matter how much of it you'd played. And then Steam put up a thing on their website to say, no, we haven't waived the maximum playtime for No Man's Sky refunds. It's still the same rules we always have. Yeah. So Some people did get refunds after appealing to Steam with reportedly 50 to 70 hours. And those people it... have been criticised and told off. And I actually did an article just before we started recording this today because I had to chime in. Like I, I keep saying it. Like I keep wanting to move off the No Man's Sky discussion, but... Discussions on other subjects that just happen to be involving No Man's Sky are so my wheelhouse. They're so... They're, they're, I cannot not talk about them. And I could not not talk about this whole refund thing. Um, there was that famous tweet that went out that was like, if you refund No Man's Sky after playing for 50 hours, you're a thief. And my response uh, has been, like, no... You're not. You're, you're someone who got a refund. There's a big difference between literally stealing something and getting a refund for something. And you can side-eye. You can throw shade at someone for playing for 50 hours and, and getting a refund. You can say, like, you know, how did you play 50 hours of a game you don't like? And there are arguments for and against that. But you can't call them a thief. They didn't steal anything. It's not unethical. It's not illicit. They went through the proper channels. They contacted Steam, and Steam gave them their money back. That's how, that's how it works. That's a statutory, you know, fucking procedure working. I remember in the 90s, the most famous phrase you'd hear on television was seven day, no quibble. Always the word quibble. I don't even like the word quibble, but that was the word they always used. Seven day, no quibble, money back guarantee. That was the fucking phrase 
because refunds were such a big selling point. And the more stuff went digital, the more that concept eroded and the less right to a refund customers were considered to have. Uh, there are still places that do it. Uh, in the article I wrote this morning, I talked about Zappos, the, uh, the sh online shoe retailer that offer you... Uh, refunds within a whole year. You got 365 days to decide whether those shoes are the right shoes for you, so long as they're returned in a like new condition. And I'm like, shit, I could probably wear shoes for 50 hours and and not have them looking shit. So there are still places that do it, and that the the gaming circle I think just aren't used to that. Like if they're buying stuff on Steam. The very fact that there was this huge controversy over Steam's refund policy, the whole, you know, maximum of two hours and we'll refund it, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. The very idea that had a huge backlash attached to it just was proof positive to me that our concept of what a customer should actually be entitled to has completely eroded. Like Besides, that, anyway, I mean, I, but I, when you get to the centre of the galaxy in No Man's Sky, the game fucking gets a refund on you. <laughs> No, yeah, like, I don't want to spoil. Player. Fuck this player! Yeah. I want a refund. <laughs> no, no, no! What, I don't want to spoil the uh, the the middle thing. But let me just say that the center of the galaxy of No Man's Sky is thematically in keeping with No Man's Sky. And oh, I, I'll, I'll let I'll, that say enough. I'll spoil what's at the center of the galaxy in No Man's Sky. You get to the center of the galaxy in No Man's Sky, and it's my video of the PlayStation 4 Slim. And, like, <laughs> and But it's the secret version where you watch to the end of it, and I go, lol, just jokes at the end and do a little wink. And that's what's mm -hmm. at the center of the universe. It's a fucking existential crisis is what's at the end of <laughs> the middle of the galaxy. It is, it is yeah. exactly what you would expect a game like No Man's Sky to put at the centre of the universe. It's the ultimate what-have-I-done-with-my-life-playing-this-game <laughs> moment. The funny thing is, is I'm, I, would, I would be very surprised if I couldn't like check out some of the usual suspect uh, game blogs right now and find someone spinning that as a good thing. Oh, no, there was. Like, the there existential was. brilliance no. of No Man's Sky's ending. There, I, I, and you don't need to take more than probably two guesses to guess which website had that up. But yeah, it was it was there. <laughs> like I just the the protectionism of that game, the circling of the wagons around that game. I am stunned. I have seen it, people who would criticize games for doing the exact same things they're praising this one for. Yeah, it makes you think about the loneliness of space. So does like. Every other survival crafting game, even ones not set in space, because they're boring. Hey, hey, it makes me know that I shouldn't have been an astronaut, and that told me a lot about my life, so... Yeah. Oh, just some of the stuff I was reading about it, I'm like... You know, I take video games quite seriously. It's my job to care about games. I get very impassioned about games, but sometimes I sit and I read some of this stuff, and I think, like... Mate, it's a fucking game. It's a fucking game. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, yeah. I, I, I just wonder, like, because they've lost 90% of their player base now, that that's the numbers drop by 90%. And you got to just wonder, like, I can see for, like, Sean Murray, how it, we all know it's very difficult to be objective about your own work. And he yeah. obviously was, like, one day, like, I don't know, playing the fucking mining minigame in Mass Effect 2 that everyone hated and went, man, wouldn't it be amazing if this boring shit was an entire game? <laughs> but, like, the fact that nobody else 
in that whole process, that whole multi-million dollar process, sat down, played the game and realised, oh my God, this is shit. Well, here's the Not thing. just that, but everyone else, like, like the media swallowing every story Or maybe maybe shit just... isn't, in, isn't fair of me, but mm. nobody in that huge process realised this is probably not going to be what a lot of players are going to enjoy. And want no, from but this. there is definitely an audience who will enjoy it, myself included. Like the time I put into that game, I deeply enjoyed, and like I ended up stepping away from it and ending up just like watching some videos of what was at the center of the universe and being like, oh, okay, that's what I was working towards. But like I enjoyed my time with it, and had I kept playing, it probably would have continued enjoying my time with it. Mm. Like that game definitely does have an audience. It's I'm just not gonna... definitely not as large an audience as Sony was was yeah. uh, pushing it as if it had. I'm not going to name names, right? Mm. I'm not going to name names. But there was an article written about No Man's Sky that contained this phrase. It was just talking about Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk was talking about how he thinks we all live in a simulation and all this shit, like the Matrix. Yeah. And this is the description of Elon... Not, not Elon Musk. This is the description of No Man's Sky as written by this particular article think of it as a very early stage proof of concept of musk's idea a vast simulated reality built on top of our own it's a unique and fascinating experience that questions the nature of games and perhaps even of reality mice itself yeah i read that one (laughs) like oh my fucking god (sighs) it's a game Games can be powerful and compelling and wonderful and emotional gut punches, but for fuck's sake, it's a crafting survival game. Yeah. It doesn't question yeah. reality itself. You it's quest- not a proof of concept of Elon the, Musk. The, 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 um, if you want to question existence, go play Planescape Torment. Yeah, yeah no, you're absolutely right. Go, go play a game that did it on purpose and therefore did it well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but what if No Man's Man's Sky did it on on purpose, maybe? I don't know. You'd think they'd have mentioned that in marketing instead of multiplayer. So I have a question. Because I, as you know, I gave up this game really quick because I found it, like, laborious. Uh, I saw a thing at E3 where he flew out of a space station and there was a big battle going on between these factions and he joined in. Does that actually happen later in the game or was that just complete um, other there, horse there shit? Will, there will be battles where like one ship is being shot at and you can either shoot at the one that's being shot at or the ones shooting at it. Yeah. They yeah all, from, the the from big one stands it's... still in one spot. It doesn't move across space or anything yeah, while there's... it's being shot at. Okay, so from... that space battle was like complete utter bullshit uh, by all accounts that's not representative it of, doesn't work yeah. the way it did in that trailer no i had one commenter claim that they had that experience but then they were very vague in their description of that experience and could easily have applied to i saw two ships and shot one um but other than that that one is uh, one of the commonly believed uh, bits of misleading advertising yeah hmm. I love the whole, there are infinite combinations of animals. How come, like, I've seen so many of the same fucking squirrel's head? Yeah, Yeah, but maybe that squirrel's head had a slightly longer tail this time, and a bit Oh, that's it, they had different bodies. 
They, oh, they was yeah. like a, a, the same squirrel head on different dinosaur bodies. In my game, I saw two, no, no, three variants of squirrel head. And then in almost every other gameplay video I've seen of No Man's Sky, someone's got a squirrel head. It's like those animal cards you get when you're a baby. Like you have one half zebra and one half lion and you have to match them up. <laughs> yeah. That's what it reminds me of. All those fucking, that show that I never remember the name of, the Wuzzles. I think it was. Or were the Wuzzles the things you turned into... No, Popples Popples. were the ones you turned into bulls. Wuzzles were the the ones where it was just two animals mashed together. Like a bumblebee and a lion. Bumble lion. And he was the leader of the Wuzzles. (laughs) That's what it is. No Man's Sky isn't an existential crisis simulator. It's it's the the Wuzzles. The other bit of news we very quickly have is... Apparently, before there's any more DLC for The Division, they're going to go back in and fix a bunch of stuff that's broken in that game before they sell people more stuff. Mmm, that's nice of them, now that they've got something to make more money off of. That's yeah, nice of Did either of you play the, the DLC? No. No, I, no. I, I forgot that game existed the moment I reviewed that. Did you play any crap. DLC, Gav? No, I honestly... I finished the story mode when it first when it came out. And uh, after that, I just kind of lost interest in it. Yeah, I think everyone seems to have had a very similar response in that regard. Um, Before we do questions, Jim, are you up for chatting a little bit about that Attack on Titan game that came out this week? That was a Titan at the end eating someone. Yeah. Did you attack on a Titan, Jim? I attacked like so many titans it doesn't even make sense did, did anymore. Did you did you do sake. like the the salute you do when you're about to go off and fight titans cuz you put yep. your hand over your chest like a fist. Yep, I tied uh string around my ass, two yep. bits of string, yep. hung them up on the ceiling and then swung uh at the wall going Yeah! I hope that you successfully killed the titan doing that. <laughs> Jim, that no, that's was, um, actually how I put my back out. That that was a pretty impressive um, Rob Halford screen there. Thank you. I, yeah. I am Rob Halford. That's actually a little known fact about me. Is uh, yeah. I, I am him and uh, Rob Halford, and and I own the chain of stores known as Halfords. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I was curious to ask you about this because, like, this is done by uh, Tetmo Kawi, and it's done by the team that do generally do the uh, the Dynasty Warriors games. Omega Force, yes. yeah, and it's very mechanically distinct from the Warriors games. So I, I was so. curious I think... what you thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Omega Force used to be a lot more varied than they are. Mm. Um, in the early two thousands, they didn't just have Dynasty Warriors or or various Warriors spin offs. They had. Uh, they actually had a Dynasty Warriors spin-off called Di- uh, Dynasty Tactics, which was a strategy game and a very fun one. It was kind of board grid-based and almost played out like some sort of weird tactical board game. Um, and it had different uh, different warriors with different units that uh, could do different skills and things. It was really good. They tried some other things. Uh, they had a game called Mystic Heroes, which was kind of like a child's... Um, Dynasty Warriors. It was all hack and slashy, but with all weird kiddie characters and a made-up world. That was utter shite. Um, over the years, they've done a few. They've you know they've done a few different things. They have a uh, like an action RPG, the name of which I forget. I gave it a three out of ten because it was god awful trash. Um, but every now and then they've tried something different, and sometimes it's been okay. I believe they were the ones who did um, that that 
Oh, I forget the name of it now. It was... Uh... Oh, Tui, Ke- Tui Keaton. Tui oh, yeah, Keaton. yeah, yeah. That was them. Uh, yeah, if, if I mispronounced that, I apologise. But that was them as well. Tweakerden. Um, it's basically a Monster Hunter Tweak-a-den. style game. <laughs> yeah. Tweakerden, yeah. Um, take two a day. And it was... Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, Attack hmm. on Titan also, I think, goes into pretty good... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's messy and chaotic to play. Oh, uh, God, the camera yeah. struggles with it, and trying to keep your uh, your anchors locked onto the titans would, while they're moving around can be really you, frustrating. Would you believe that this is the least chaotic to control of the Attack on Titan games that have been released? Um, the moment I heard there was one on the 3DS, which I've not played, I was like, well, this is clearly going to be less of yes, a shit show than that one. Because at least like the constr- control scheme here made sense, and some of the stuff that made it difficult to control did at least make sense thematically. Like, it was the stuff like, oh, if you're tied to a titan, but like a tree is between you and the titan, your wire won't yeah. stay connected because the tree will stop it from, you know, making a straight line. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, even if it gets very annoying when you're fighting in a forest and yeah. oh my god there are the, trees the UI everywhere is, the UI is pretty good at giving you the information you need once you can work it out because yeah. the UI is such a cluttered mess but once you realise oh that bar means the strength of my anchor so that's how long I've got till it breaks oh that means I'm locked on that means the anchor's in that means mm. it snaps Like once you work out what all the weird symbols and shit means yeah. then you get a much you better can, grip of the You can game. basically just rush in and be like, I'm going to connect to your neck, do a little boost, slash your neck, and away I fly off into the distance. Yeah. And that's it's quite, a very, quite fun. And it is an interesting game, because it, it's, it's hard to make an Attack on Titan game work, because it's mm. not like a basic combat game. Because you're not trading blows with a Titan. Because if a Titan were to just ball its fist up and punch you, you would be yeah, just it, a wet stain on the floor. It, it grabs you and slowly goes to eat you and you've got a good 30 seconds to be like, I'm going to yeah. mash triangle and hopefully knock you enough that you let go of me and then I'll and try again. And if you're again. playing the game expecting like that kind of like like classic video game risk of I take damage, they take damage, it's like... You're not going to enjoy it very much because that is the o- that really is the only threat the Titans have, and they don't yeah. really get to do it very often if you're staying fluid. Yeah. The real risk is stopping other people getting eaten. Like you have to mm. run around the battlefield a lot, um, dealing with problems as and when they come up. So you... the real tensity of it is doing it within time limits and yeah. reaching distress signals before they run out and this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you basically have to get good at um, locking onto a Titan as you're approaching it. And- and very smoothly getting in, slashing it, and getting out without like having to yeah. stop and plan to do that. Yeah, also, it's more of an environmental puzzle game yeah, in a weird way. And it's like, sort of, I've got, okay, lock on, maneuver, like circle around mm, the Titan to get a good line of sight, and then make rush sure that forward. You, and making sure that you've got enough um, blades and gas that you, could, you don't enough run out midway yeah. through an encounter, or that you don't have to stop enough and collect speed them all the way up somewhere. Before you slash, yeah. you know, make sure you get the, the bits of leg that have a bit, some materials there's in There's a it. lot more did, um, to it than I expected. Um, did you guys see the trailer for Echo, by any chance? No. So, We're not all in Echo the Dolphin, are we? No, it looks really interesting. It, it, it's basically, um, it came out, I think, yesterday. And it it's a sci-fi kind of third-person action-y type game set in this big mansion. But the there's AIs, which are clones of yourself, and they're trying to kill you. And they... Uh, their AI adapts depending on how you behave. 
So if you start getting away from them by like jumping over ledges and stuff, they then learn to jump over ledges. Uh, at at huh. least that's what I can see. It, when did this it, come out? Uh, let me see. The trailer came out on August 30th, so that's what, yesterday? Oh, so it's not the game itself isn't out yet? No, 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 just the trailer. I actually didn't look at the release date at all. Okay, so I was looking it up now. Um, spring 2017. But uh, yeah, it looks like a really interesting idea that the AI adapt to what you're doing by learning from you. I don't think... Has, has any game done that before? I know there's games with adaptive AI that counter what you're doing. Yeah. If you do it too many times. With this one, every action you make, they then learn that action. I think that's, It's just called Echo. It's just called e Echo, yeah. Hang on, I'll link it okay. in the... Yeah, please do, because I'm getting a different game called Echo coming up. Oh, wait, no, there it is. Yeah. Echo 20... Yeah, August 30th. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, have we got anything else we want to talk about? Or do we want to do a couple of questions before we go, possibly? Uh, I think we're good for questions. I don't think there's anything else I because um, I mentioned I played the Resident. I'm replaying Resident Evil Four just because it came out on the PS4 and uh, it's Resident I, Evil Four. Yeah, still. yeah, yeah. I may do a Jim. It's still one of the best games ever made. Then. Yeah, I may do a Jim Quisition about it because as I'm playing it, I'm realizing exactly where Resident Evil went wrong after that. Because mm. Resident Evil Five copied the mechanics of. Resident Evil 4, but they did not bring any of the the charm. And the pacing. The, the goofy jokes, mm. the characters. There, There is a unique charisma that mm. it has, partially because it copies uh, Metal Gear Solid in a lot of ways. Its mm. map design is very similar to Metal Gear Solid 3, where there are these kind of maze-like sprawls that are separated into chunks. You have the constant radio banter between Leon and Hunnigan, as the kind of codec calls. Yeah. It is um, very similar. Like Once you... Um, I never really appreciated it at the time. Replaying it now, I'm like, holy shit! They they lifted a lot from Metal Gear Solid Three for for this, and there's so, there's, I don't mean that as a detriment. Like it works really well. It's rare that um, a game has so many individual moments that are memorable. Like everyone remembers, yes. like the village getting chased mm -hmm. around the village. Everyone remembers the first time they get their head chopped off by the chainsaw. Everyone remembers the yeah. insect things in the sewer. Going into the castle, and, yeah, it's it's and you like compare that to Resident Evil Five and then Six, of course. And I'm like, there's nothing as memorable here. They didn't, no. they copied, they copied the backbone and then just poured some generic flesh. I remember over screaming it, whereas... at screaming at Sheva's AI. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I loved um, the characters as well in Resident Evil Four. Like, obviously, there's the merchant who they never brought back. Probably because after Resident Evil 4, they decided to get super serious with everything. Like, the series became so po-faced after 4. There was none of the campy humour. Leon stopped being funny. In Resident Evil 6, he was just grim and grisly all the time. Yeah. In Resident Evil 4, like, he is the, like, socially awkward, awful. His, like he is him and Ashley's so interactions are so funny together. Yeah, like really funny interactions. His bad jokes the whole time. Yeah, where's everyone going? Bingo! Like it's <laughs> just so like cheesy and out of place, and it works because it was like almost a deliberate, almost a sweary '65 style nod to how campy the original <laughs> Resident Evil. And of course, were. the merchant, which I can't understand why they never brought him back. 
I know. Look, like I just said, like, like. What are you buying? What are you what buying, Ranger? Like, even to this day, to this day, if I find a good boglin on eBay or if I see just something I want to get, I may be found to utter, oh, I'll buy it at a high I price. I feel like they're hinting that he may make a return in the new one because they were uh, putting pictures up of coins and I was like, please mean, please make that mean that the merchant is coming back. Yeah, like I want him back and I mm. want him, I don't want a serious take on him either. Mm. I want the same. <laughs> God, for sale. Resi 4 is up there with Half-Life 2 in that it's a masterpiece of pacing. Like mm. the, the, the totally way it agree. goes through its story and the journey is so perfectly, brilliantly paced that it just always keeps you wanting the next part. You know, it's a, yep. it's like the yeah. equivalent of a a, a page turner book. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump I'll into a couple disagree. of very quick uh, questions. So let's have a look. What questions we got this week? Uh, Mitchell Ward wants to ask. Given Gavin's love of music, Jim's love of masks and over-the-top outfits, and Laura's love of anime, do any of us have any interest in pro wrestling? Um, I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid. I mean, I still find it entertaining and fun, but I wouldn't be huge into it. I'm pretty much the same. Um, when I was, uh, I think, from between the ages of uh, 16 and... 20 21 something like that um i was hugely into it like for just for those few years i kind of followed the the waning attitude era and then their attempt to do the what was it they called it after that the ruthless aggression era of wrestling Uh, just before john cena just as john cena was coming in um before he became the megastar he is now um back when when, uh, when the rock was still around and mick foley was just finishing and well, I'm I'm older, so for me it was before even The Rock. I mean, for me it was like, oh yeah, Macho Man, Randy Savage, yeah, all those guys and the mm-hmm. the Ultimate Warrior and yeah, Hulk, when I was Hulk a young Hogan kid, versus I, The Undertaker and when I was a young kid, I used to catch a bit of the then called WWF. Uh, I still remember because it was about it was the early nineties, so I still remember the whole Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter thing oh, Jesus, with yeah. him being the whole his whole Iraqi. Sar- did you say Sergeant angle. Gawker, Jim? <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter, no, but uh, <laughs> Sergeant Gawker. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. Yes. <sighs> that's a that's a that's a thing I've stopped posting opinions about on Twitter as well. <laughs> it's yeah, that's one I kind of. Uh, just keep a distance from. Yeah. I um I I have a very different look on wrestling because um when I was very young, my older brother tried to perform a backbreaker on me and was um, just going to ask you guys, did you do it? And uh, well, my brother yeah. watched wrestling and he tried to do a backbreaker on me, and then wrestling got banned from my house, and it was the thing that no <laughs> one was allowed to watch. So I never grew like I grew up knowing the Undertaker existed because I played him in a PlayStation One wrestling game once. And that's the only wrestler I can name from that era. Mm-hmm. My current thing with wrestling is that I had some friends come to stay with me um, a couple of weeks back, and I've never really watched wrestling, and over the course of a couple of evenings, they were like, right, we're going to show you a couple of good wrestling matches. You're free to not like it, but we're going to try and sell you on wrestling. And they showed me a couple of NXT matches, which is their new, like, the division they have for the characters. They're, like, training up, and if... If they turn out well, they'll put them onto the main roster. And I really bloody enjoyed it, because it's basically live-action anime with a few less fireball effects, and 
I'm totally on board for that. Like, I enjoyed the over-the-top presentation of the characters. I enjoyed watching the... I enjoyed the fact that it was stupid and silly and that that was kind of what made it great. So um, for anyone who watched... It revels in that. Yeah, so if anyone watched NXT when it was when it happened recently, I like the um oh, I've completely forgotten their names now. The um the people who have like the mustaches and they look like they're um oh, the Vaudevillians. They're Vaudeville villains, the Vaudevillians. I quite <laughs> oh, like them. Yeah, right. they're pretty cool. They're Vaudeville-style villains that come that in in black good. and white and go to beat people up. Like, I think, if I remember the plot right, they came in because some people, like, they had a fight about whether bicycles or motorcycles were, were better or something, so the Vaudevillians <laughs> came in, you know, to be like, ah, oh, penny farthings, <laughs> let's fight. These young whippersnappers will never reach the level of awesome that was the macho man. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, I, what I did enjoy, I wa- enjoyed watching the women's NXT NXT final that was between Bailey and Asuka, um, which was basically over-the-top pop star um, wrestler lady who comes out with like bright-coloured lights and wacky inflatable arm-flailing tube men everywhere, versus woman that comes in in like a demon outfit with like a Japanese mask on and then takes her mask off and she's got flowing multicoloured hair and I'm like. Oh, I love you. Okay, I'm, that sounds I'm, awesome. <laughs> I'm in love. So I quite enjoyed watching, like, I watched the two matches that ran up to their final match. So it's like, oh, I understand the back and forth dynamic here. And then they had a very emotional final match and it was very good. So, nice. yeah, when... I've started watching NXT on and off. And, oh, I, I, I'm ashamed of myself that I like wrestling. When I think back to... Um... The moment I, at around 10 years old, gave my six-year-old brother a pile driver... When I think about how wrong that could have gone, it literally makes every muscle in oh, my body yeah, weak. Like, I, I, don't... I was having a little mini crisis here as I was remembering yeah. just how rough I was with my siblings. And my the, the second youngest, uh, me and him would get into especially violent things, usually that would turn into real fights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like me like, doing different wrestling moves on my other younger brother... Um, kicking my sister off the arm of the couch all the time just because she'd ragged doll off. Like, not being a fucking teenager myself, yeah. not thinking like, oh no, they can did break you, their neck. Did you, you have know? your own characters? I had my, my character was the garbage collector and I my special move was I had a bin and I'd throw you into the bin upside down. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, knowing the stuff that my brother did, I'm like, I don't blame my mother for banning wrestling from the house because... Seeing some of the stuff that happened in wrestling when I was watching it the other week, I was like, oh yeah, if that's the kind of stuff my brother was trying to do, good on my parents for banning it. Honestly, I I would not let my kids, knowing what we did, I wouldn't let them watch it until they were like 12 or so. The problem is it's easily replicatable stuff that's like, oh no, everyone always walks away from it okay and it looks easy to replicate, I'll try it. Yeah. Like, it's not because it's violent, it's because it's easily replicatable violence yeah. is the problem. I have a friend who um, was into wrestling at the same time as me. We did um, performing arts together in college, and both of us would watch wrestling. And, you know, we were about 16, 17 at the time, and we used to think it would be fun to incorporate wrestling into our shows, into the plays and things we did. Regardless of context, regardless if it worked, we'd take Pig Night, which was a, a play a, about um, a very surreal play um, involving lots of pig imagery and um, a lot of uh, gay undertones. It was a very much a, a, 
absurdist comedy play about uh, 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 sexuality that we decided to turn into a rampant farce where we would pretend to have sex with each other and walk walk on stage with our pants around our ankles and uh, I, just make up lines. I would have and, enjoyed and then, drama a heck of a lot more if I'd been watching your plays. Oh, we were the only ones bothering to do something entertaining. Everyone else would do all the usual pretentious bullshit that they expect you to do in like drama school type situations. All of the oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to play the music from American Beauty because it's so deep, and then I'm going to pretend to masturbate on stage. All this bollocks. As as someone like, as someone who worked in theatre for years, I feel your pain. <laughs> total wank, total wankers. Um, but yeah, we decided to halfway through Pig Night put a wrestling match in. Um, slap, half wrestling, half a kind of Eddie and Richie bottom style fight, like a young one style bit of comedy violence. Yeah. And um, uh, I once almost broke his neck. Jesus. Because I tried, I, we decided at one point to do a tombstone pile driver during a rehearsal and then decided <laughs> we would never do tombstone pile drivers again because he hit his head right on the concrete. Jesus. Um, another thing was we had um, these metal rostra which were like big metal cages that you're supposed to put like wooden boards over to like build up layers on a stage so that you could have backstage a big like like basically scaffolding is what it was uh, and we took one of these rostra parts just one of these rostra it was about like a human cage size and i can't remember how we wrote it into the play but leo uh, was playing um the female character, and somehow ended up being put into the cage. And I can't remember how. I don't think it was in the script. I think we decided that needed to happen. Um, and kept talking um, during the play uh, to the point of annoying me, and I was playing a, a fairly abusive, horrible character anyway. And I, the idea was kick the cage... And have it hit the side wall of the drama studio. So it would sound incredibly brutal, but be relatively safe. So I kick this metal rostra. It slides, like it's only like a foot away from the wall. So it slides a foot into the wall. Kick, smack, like huge fucking crash. At which point Leo, holding his mouth tells me his face was too close to the metal, and now he doesn't have uh, all of his tooth. And well. now to this day, <laughs> because he and I just had to be restless for each other, nice. um, has a, a chip in his front tooth. Um, I got out of things relatively unscathed, um, although I have knee issues um, because of... Being fat, definitely, but being fat and also jumping off of scaffoldings onto concrete stage floors in a, a really poorly built drama studio turns out to not be great for your long-term health. Uh, if you are doing performing arts and you're on a scaffolding, don't throw yourself off it because you think you'll look cool. You'll just hurt yourself. So he and I do have various injuries from our drama days, <laughs> mostly because we thought like like you thought you out were of better wrestling than moves. you were in out of context skits yeah <laughs> yeah 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 basically um we used to get a lot of baking trays uh cookie sheets in america and smack those over each other's heads satisfying that uh thwack but uh probably didn't do our heads any good 
And that's how you got where you are today. So another yeah. question we've got, Xavier. <laughs> I just have something I want to add here. Yeah, go ahead. So this is really random, but um, I'm uh, just looking at a friend of mine on Twitter and I have some advice for you men out there. If you have a beard, shave the bits on the side under your chin. Just fucking shave those bits off. They're just, just please <laughs> shave them off. All right, continue. Good advice for men then. Um, so yeah. next question's from Xavier Fox Shandy. Uh, is there a song that you prefer a cover of it to the original? Uh, probably quite well, a few. I, hurt the, the hurt is that, the obvious one. Yeah, isn't it? you jumped on the one I was going to suggest, which was Hurt. I prefer mm. the Johnny Cash cover. Uh, we were just talking about this the other day, actually. Oh, fuck. Mm. I like Muse's um, uh, Feeling Good. I hate it. And it's weird because you hate that one? I, I like, like, I I like Muse I, and I like the yeah. song. I just cannot stand their version of it. I like it because it's one of the few songs I genuinely feel that I'm good at singing. Uh, okay. Like I can, I can hit all those notes. Yeah, so like I really enjoy Matt, that. Matt Bellamy would have a similar range to you. I think he's got quite... Um, yeah. <laughs> That's how he sings. No, no, no. He's. Uh, I, I like singing new songs because I can more or less hit them. Uh, what other good covers are there? I know there's oh, loads. There's, there's a good one that I was just trying to find. Um, so, uh, the song "Creep" by Radiohead. There is a mm -hmm. beautiful cover of it by a guy called um, Homeless Mustard. Yeah. And he was a homeless guy who was brought in by some radio station. They were like, hey, we'll give you some money if you, you know, do some singing on our, our radio show. His cover of Creep is absolutely haunting. And it's, I prefer that to the original song. So, Homeless Mustard singing Creep. Go look that up. Cool. Um, a band who I've never really listened to outside of this. They're called A Static Lullaby. They did a cover of Britney Spears' Toxic. And I really enjoyed that one at the time. I remember really liking that one. Uh, Jeff Buckley wasn't the original person who did Hallelujah, was he? Oh, yeah, he really, really but did I, a, I love, version I love that. that version of Hallelujah, and I know it's not the original one, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of that's any more. I think that's probably it. We were definitely like we were talking about this at the weekend, and now I can't even remember. Oh well. I've just thought of another one. Uh, Nirvana did a fantastic cover of "The Man Who Sold the World." Again, so. I really, I, I again, I, I like Nirvana, and I obviously love Bowie, but I, I, I just don't, cannot I don't, get behind that cover at all. <laughs> I don't know that that one's necessarily better, but it is a very good cover that I very much yeah. enjoy for its own reasons. Yeah. Sorry, I just went into thinking about covers that I like, regardless <laughs> of whether they were better than the original at that point. Mm. I like I like Jimmy's All Along the Watchtower better than Dylan's one. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah. go with that. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that one. Mm. Uh, Jeff Lynn, who was the the lead singer of ELO, did a really good cover of Beyond the Sea. Mm. Um, actually, not really very different from the original, just with his singing voice, which which I personally find just fucking gorgeous mm. um, so that's a, that's a good one there are loads though um, I just I, I wish I could remember more it's one of those questions where like later on I'm gonna you're think, gonna think of loads of them later yeah that one note, yeah. yeah note them down when you do and we'll talk about it again next yeah. week we'll, we'll have a think yeah, yeah. oh um, Aretha Franklin's um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T respect was not the original version of that song apparently Oh, so that that I was trying to find, I was trying to find covers, and then I looked at that and was like, "Oh, didn't even know that was a cover." So that's probably in there, I guess. 
Um, and we got time for one more question, possibly, then. Uh, Abso bloody exactly. Right, well, I'm going to take one from... Uh, we're going to take one from Alan Miller, because it's their birthday, so we're going to take a question from them to wrap up today. Happy birthday, Alan Miller! It's your birthday. What are you going to ask us? I hope it's not stupid. Happy birthday. Uh, That's my birthday song. I, I, yeah, okay. I now feel like... I feel <laughs> oh, like oh, oh, I, I like know what it of... was. I know the one we were thinking oh, of. It, it was, was the one? Va- it was Valerie by Amy at Winehouse. Oh, it was so yeah. So much better than yeah. the original yeah. one by agreed, that. Agreed. And whose name I can't remember. Uh, it was the. Um, no, I've blanked was on it. Was it the somethings or. The Fratellis? Don't think it was the Fratellis. No. Uh, the Arctic Monkeys, was it? No, 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 no. It, it, it was around that, that era. It was yeah. someone in that era, but theirs was the better one. It was around that era when um, a lot of, like, like not really good guitar clanky guitar bands were with yeah. the in their name <laughs> anyway alan miller basically wants to ask how do you guys keep yourselves from overworking considering you're all self-employed type people we don't yes, the, that's, the that's honest the answer is we don't and we should yeah you do it till you have a breakdown and yeah. then you take a few days off that's pretty yeah. much it yeah I, work I, work I, until you fall over and then realize you need to take a break I don't think any of us have necessarily health a healthy balance of doing this. We all have ways of coping that aren't the right way, probably. Yeah. Like my example is I completely overworked myself this week doing the NX and PS4 stuff. So in to like make up for it, I'm about to go away and get drunk for five days. So if you're at Alcon, don't expect to see me sober at any point while I'm there. That'll be fun. <laughs> So you're like that, yeah, that's how you do I it. Did you, that this... you overwork yourself and then you indulge in substance abuse. That's honestly how I've been doing. It's not healthy. It's not. No. Healthy. Yeah, this is but... what I wonder when I see you doing like talking about that on faces Facebook. I'm like, for me, right? If I'm really like tired and stressed out and with work and stuff, if I go drinking, I'm gonna feel worse for the next few days. I and I was like, how does he do this? <laughs> it, it wasn't even just drinking. It, it was. You were, you were indulging in the, it was, the excesses. It, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I think if I think if weekends were three days long, by by whatever whatever Sunday two is by by the time Sunday two rolled round, I'd probably be uh, doing a Mick Hutchins in a cupboard somewhere. Uh, it was uh, quite a weekend, but sometimes you need that. But it's not. I don't recommend anyone do it. I don't don't, don't indulge in days of it's it's drink, it's drugs not and necessarily smart, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. Like we're recording this early today, so that I can tomorrow morning go do exactly that and basically not be sober for five days. So, you know, hooray! Yeah. People for... have different ways of blowing yeah. off steam, you know. Um, but I do try and take it easier now than I used to. I try basically normally these days by the time it hits the afternoon i will move to move out of the office at least and be like okay well now i'm gonna go do like play a game for video game review or just get some footage captured and stuff like do more laid back stuff and these days normally unless i really do have extra projects on these days by the time it's five or um or you know five or six i'm like okay i'm not going back in the office tonight yeah. Just try and tell that to myself. Having, generally, I, I stick to it. Having an office that is not the same room that I, like, live in definitely helped a lot with that. It meant that I could, like, walk away and I wasn't in the office anymore, and yeah. that definitely helped. And 
before I had that, I used to work until the early hours of the morning, whereas now I'll usually stop by about 10, which is, you know, not horrendous, but I will work like 13 hours a day. I'll just go to bed at a reasonable hour. So, yeah, that's that's that. Is that us all wrapped up, I, I guess, then? For I th Yeah, I think the, the general answer there is don't ask us because we're terrible at... Yeah, we are terrible <laughs> at answering how to be good with yeah. time management. We're terrible yeah. at stopping working and then we're terrible at coming up with ways to relieve the stress afterwards. It's fine, though, because we all love our monsters. jobs and are doing great yeah. things that we love. And you can find us doing those at places on the internet. Do you want to lead yes, us into that, can. Jim? We certainly can, Laura, because I know that you're desperate to get us done. Uh, I'm, please I'm not tell us too about desperate your stuff. to get you done, but I do want to get a nice night's sleep so I can go It'd get drunk nice, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, let's let's get this done then. Uh, where can people find out all about you and the PS4 Slim that you made up? Me and that stuff. What I invent with the 3D printer. You can find about that at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on YouTube, where I'm currently doing daily co-op episodes of Attack on Titan with Joe from Let's Play Video Games. You can find me on Patreon at Laura K Buzz. That's what pays the bills. That's what allows me to, you know, piss off PR companies and still have a job. So, you know, go throw me a dollar on there if you got one. And otherwise, Let's Play Video Games. That's where I've been posting all that stuff about the PS4 yeah. Slim this week. And you can check out Laura getting mentioned on Business Insider as well, according yeah, to the Yeah, apparently I'm on Business Insider. I'm also, as of today, I'm on the um, the Canadian equivalent of the BBC website today. Yeah, you're done good this week. That's nice. I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm having, I'm having a good old out. week here. Um, yeah. I had I had a look. Those those views are still going up on those things. So woo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Gavin, um, miracle of sound. You do fantastic music. How can we hear it? Please tell us. You can hear it over on my YouTube channel, Miracle of Sound, where the latest one is still the the, the final Witcher song because I've been doing like not enough work in the last few weeks, ironically, because I actually finally did take a break and took some time off to drink too much and now feel like shit. Uh, and the next one is probably going to be Deus Ex and Miracle of Sound on Twitter, where you can find my extremely offensive joke that annoyed a lot of people today. <laughs> can I tell it? Yes, please. Okay. Actually, I'll tell both of them. I told Laura these uh, uh, before the podcast. So I heard it through the walls while I was having my shit. <laughs> so I'll tell the less offensive one first. Why did the console peasant cross the road to load the other side? Uh... And, and what do PC gamers have in common with World War II? Too many battlefields and lots of crying over Japan ruining ports. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, risque and ribald, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was a clever one. I actually that, didn't that, think I gotta give it its dues. I honestly didn't expect anyone would be upset by it, but oh well. I think it's. Uh, I, I, it's I found it amusing. I, I can see, yeah, it, it was it was funny. I think so anyway. Um, but yeah, good jokes, good times, good laughs with friends. That's what we're all about here at the Podquisition. Uh, and sometimes video games as well, nominally. Mostly Boglins, though. Um, don't miss this week's Jimquisition. It's all about uh, Deus Ex's uh, fee-to-pay elements and pre-order bullshit uh, called Mankind Derided. Uh, you can also check out uh, an article I just did called uh, No Man's Sky and Refunds. And there'll be other stuff as well, I'm sure. So... Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you so much for your support um, again and again. Thank you for all of the support and well wishes I've had while dealing with the back issue and the recent epidural and all of that stuff. Uh, it's been really nice uh, just to get 
lots of nice emails that uh, I don't often get the chance to reply to. I'm not ignoring you. I do read them. But uh, just thanks, as always. And again, as always, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.